You'll never put it down. Starting lineup for tonight's game. It'll be Jose Cardinal leading off in center field. Larry Brown is a shortstop in batting second. Duke Sims catching and hitting third. Tony Horton will be the cleanup man at first base. Ken Harrelson in right field batting fifth. The left fielder hitting sixth, Russ Snyder. Zerl Oversize at third base batting seventh. Vern Fuller will be the second baseman batting eighth. And Steve Hargan pitching and batting ninth. For the New York Yankees, Tom Chopin gets another start in left field, leading off. Jerry Kenny at third base and batting second. Bobby Mercer will be in right field, hitting third. Joe Pepitone batting in the cleanup spot at first base. Ron Woods in center field, batting fifth. Gene Michael moved up to the sixth spot and playing shortstop. Bobby Cox will be at second base tonight, batting seventh. Jake Gibbs doing the catching, hitting eighth. And Stan Bonson pitching and batting ninth. Morris Clark, you remember, left the second game of yesterday's doubleheader when he bruised his left rib sliding into Duke Sims in a play at the plate in the sixth inning. I said it was like hitting a brick wall when Horace Clark hit Duke Sims. And Horace got up and he could hardly move, but he does feel much better today. He's sitting out tonight's game and possibly tomorrow's game. Horace had missed just one other game this year when he jammed his right knee sliding into second base back on May the 23rd. Right now on New York Yankee Baseball, we pause for station identification. Hi, Harry Downey speaking. Every day it's music and mystery. Stay close weekdays, 10 to 11.30 a.m. and 1 to 3 p.m. here on WGY Schenectady. Well, the umpires have not come out as yet. Let's take a look at the scoreboard. A lot of action to report. Baltimore continuing its winning ways, defeating Detroit 9-3. McNally, who is now 12-0, gave up only seven hits. Dobson, the loser. And Mayo Smith had two, four, six, seven pitches in there for Detroit to try and stop Baltimore. They couldn't do it. Brooks Robinson got his 13th homer of the year in the first with one on, and Mickey Stanley is seventh of the year in the eighth inning. Washington beat the Red Sox 6-2. Barry Moore, the winner. Jarvis, the loser. Frank Howard had two more homers, number 29 and 30. Don Locke had his first of the year for the Red Sox, and Reggie Smith is 17th. In the second game, it's Boston 2, Washington nothing, end of an inning and a half. Cox against Siebert, and Reggie Smith got his 18th in the first inning with a man on. The White Sox leading the California Angels at Chicago, 1-0 at the end of two and a half, Brunette against Wynn. Minnesota shellacked Oakland 13-1, Perry the winner, Dobson the loser, and Reggie Jackson hit his 34th of the year in the first inning. He is 23 games ahead of Babe Ruth's pace and nine ahead of Roger Maris's pace for 60 and or 61 home runs in one season. Armin Killebrew had two, numbers 21 and 22. Seattle at Kansas City, a later start. In the National League, the Mets and the Pirates postponed because of rain. Montreal beat Philadelphia 6-4. McGinn the winner, Fryman the loser. Briggs got his fifth of the year with a man on. St. Louis beat the Cubs 5-1. Browns the winner, Holtzman the loser. Atlanta beat the Giants 7-1. Negro has now won 14 and lost 5. He's the first to win 14 in the majors. 
Bolin, the loser. And Houston has just scored four in the 12th and leading San Diego seven to four. Check that, eight to four, playing the bottom of the 12th inning, win against Reberger. Morgan got a tenth of the year with a man on and win his 17th of the year. Cincinnati at L.A., a latest start. So a lot of action was played today. And Minnesota now has gone ahead of Oakland in the American League West. Yes, sir. Let's see. Minnesota now at five to ten percentage points ahead of Oakland. We're waiting for the Yankees to take the field. The umpires, it'll be Marty Springstead calling balls and strikes. Ron Denkinger at first base, John Flaherty at second, and Bob Stewart over at third. And there go the Yankees out on the field. All the Yankees out there except Stan Bonson right now. And now Bob Shepard making the announcement, asking everyone to rise. Jerry Vale in the singing of our national anthem. walking out to the mound. Stan has won four and lost nine. No decisions against Cleveland this year. Lifetime, he's won one and lost two. Stan, again on weekend leave from Fort Dix, where he's serving his two weeks of reserve duty. Wait a minute. We have a lineup change for the Indians. At second base and batting seventh, Masais will be at second base and batting seventh. And Lou Klimchak will be at third base 
and batting in the eighth position. So take Vern Fuller out of there and move Zorla Versailles from third base to second base. And Lou Klimchak is in there. Klimchak is a left-hand batter, by the way. Haven't heard anything about Fuller, whether he was injured or not, but as soon as we get a report, we'll pass it along to you. Telling you about Stan Bonson serving his two weeks of reserve active duty. So he's just on loan to the Yankees from the military. And now Jose Cardinal. Batting 209. He has 10 doubles and triple six home his 26 RBI. And also 14 stolen bases. Yankees have passed the halfway mark of the 69th season, playing 82 decisions and one tie game. All right, Cardinal getting ready. Looks like he's got a brand new bat as he steps into the batter's box. First pitch of the ball game is a curve high ball one. Holy cow, Houston, as we told you, had scored four runs at the top of the 12th, while San Diego came back with five runs in the bottom of the 12th to win it nine to eight. How do you like that? The pitch is low ball two. And San Diego had lost six in a row. They had quite a losing streak a little earlier in the season. 20 hits for San Diego. 20 base hits for San Diego. And Houston had 12. Pops it foul. Might be playable. Jerry Kenny near the Cleveland dugout. Makes the catch. Beautiful play by Kenny. He lost his cap and was leaning into the Indian dugout. He caught it and then leaned over with his bare hand and leaned against the roof of the dugout. And Cardinal fouls out the third. One away. That brings up Larry Brown, batting 249 with six doubles, two triples, three homers, 13 RBI. That's right, Gene Mark. I saw it on TV. One of the Mets trying to get in there, and he tackled him and pushed him and gave him a karate shot on the arm, and he dropped the ball. But once you're in their dugout, you're allowed to do anything. Swing and a miss, strike one. I mean, anything within reason. But I remember that Mark said, well, he's in my dugout. I don't want him in here. One out and nobody on. Ball game just underway. Brown, a right-hand batter. Bonson winds. The curve is sliced foul. Back out of play. And a couple of youngsters are going to climb out and try and get this ball. deck Duke Sims. Yankees and the Indians split the twin bail yesterday. Bonson's pitch outside. A ball and two strikes. Len Coppett of the New York Times is the official scorer tonight. We'll be keeping close tabs on Mr. Coppett throughout the evening. 
The one-two pitch is a curve high two and two. That Johnny Carson kind of ripped the New York Times the other night. I was watching him on TV. They got on him about his salary. The pitch is lined to left field, a base hit. That was a high curveball up in the eyes of Larry Brown. Tom Chopin up with it, fires it in. Chopin has a fine arm. You can hardly see him out of left field. He's so little, and it's not quite dark yet. We see a white uniform out there. Looks like he's about three feet high. But he's got a fine arm. And now Duke Sims, left-hand batter, hitting 258. Five doubles, eight homers, 18 RBI. Johnny Carson's quite upset with the times. He has been for a long time. They came out and said he is making so much money, and Carson said they shouldn't put that in there. They make me look bad. Because Carson does moan a little bit about his money. The pitch to Sims is high ball one. But you can't, can't please everybody. One out. Larry Brown leading off first base. Bonson stretches his pitch swing and a miss. Actually foul tipped it held on to by Jake Gibbs. It's one and one. strike one out. Very short lead by Larry Brown at first base. The stretch, the curve is low. Two balls and a strike. What it was, the New York Times said that Johnny Carson made $75,000 a week. Where in reality, Johnny says he makes forty-five dollars a week. So I kind of feel sorry for John. $45,000 a week? Holy cow. The 2-1 pitch, bouncing ball in the hole, one-handed by Bobby Cox, throws to Pepitone for the out. And Sims can't believe it, Bobby Cox playing second base for the injured Horace Clark made a beautiful play to take a base hit away from Duke Sims. So it's two out, moving to second on the play, Larry Brown, and the batter now Tony Horton. Horton batting 267, has 10 doubles, Two triples, 16 homers, and 58 RBI. Two men are out, and Tony Horton asked the umpire to move at second base. John Flaherty does a little dance, getting out of the way. Horton will move the umpire whether he's, he's on the shortstop side of second base or the second base side of second base. Brown leads off second. Pitch to Horton is low ball one. No score. Top of the first inning. Game just underway. Two men are out. On deck, the Hawk, Ken Harrelson. The Indians' uh, weighted bat is painted red, white, and blue. Very patriotic. Nice looking weighted bat. Curve low, two and nothing. Yeah. I gave it to the 
Ball to third. Kenny has it. Fires the first high, but Pepe makes the play. And for the Indians in the top of the first, no runs, a base hit, no errors, a man left at the end of one half inning. Indians nothing, Yankees coming to bat. If you enjoy the regal beauty of fine china, you'll certainly enjoy the beauty of royal elegance. Royal Elegance is fine china that captures the subtle charm of china that sells for many times the price. And Atlantic brings it to your table at a fantastically low price. You can purchase a four-piece place setting of Royal Elegance for only 99 cents with each eight gallons of gasoline at participating Atlantic stations. This offer may vary in some states, but this beautiful fine china imported from across the sea will never vary in its translucent, delicate beauty. Each four-piece plate setting consists of a cup and saucer, dinner plate, and bread and butter plate. And it's yours for a low, low price. Charge your Royal Elegance Fine China on your Atlantic Richfield credit card. Then take it home and start setting a table fit for a king. And just having thrown a wild pitch back to the screen is Steve Hargan, who has won one and lost six this year. No decisions against the Yankees this year. Lifetime, he's won four, lost three. Steve has had a bad arm for some time. They figure he's come around. Now, he's a tall, lean, lanky pitcher. And he'll be pitching to Tom Chopin, Jerry Kenny, and Bobby Mercer here in the bottom of the first inning. There's no score. Tom Chopin has been about five times without a base hit this year. five foot nine but they must have stood him on a stool when they measured him because he's no five foot nine because I've stood alongside of him can almost look him straight in the eye little left hand batter crouches takes a ball low let's see with the Yankees in 1967 he was at bat 27 times with eight hits he had a double two homers and six RBIs this year, as we told you, he's 0 for 5. Hargan's pitch, a bouncer foul outside of first, 1-1. One one. On deck, Jerry Kenny. So the Yankees' four-game winning streak came to an end in that second game of the Twin Bill with the Indians yesterday. You got to start a new one. The 1-1 pitch, high, 2-1. This program is authorized under rights granted by the New York Yankees solely for the entertainment of our audience. And any publication, reproduction, or other use of the descriptions and accounts of this game without the express consent of the New York Yankees is prohibited. Hoggins pitch, bounce to first, 
Horton backs up. He's got it. Flips just in time to get Chopin by half a stride. That young man can go down the line. Three to one. First baseman to the pitcher covering, and it's one out. And now Jerry Kenny hitting 256. Ten doubles, two triples, one homer, 17 RBIs, and 17 stolen bases. Jerry Kenny's first home run came in opening day at the nation's capital with President Nixon in attendance. And that has been the one and only homer for Jerry Kenny. Hagen kicks, delivers it, tying away, ball one. Got some Jersey clouds filtering over the Washington Bridge, creeping across Yankee Stadium right now. Ominous-looking clouds. Curve low, ball two, two and nothing. Ominous-looking cumulus clouds. The 2-0 delivery. Low ball three. Three nothing on Kenny. Bobby Mercer on deck. Hargan winds the pitches right down the middle. Strike called. Three and one. Balls, one strike. Kenny steps back. I don't know whether he had asked for time or not. But Hagen stepped off the mound. Now he's ready. The pitch is low. No, it's not. It's in there. Strike two. It's a full count. We find out that Vern Fuller has a sore hand. The payoff pitch to Kenny. Swings and misses strike three. So Hagen chalks up his first strike out of the ball game. And here's Bobby Mercer batting 278, 14 doubles, one triple, 11 homers, and 52 RBI. Sims goes out to talk with Hagen. Nobody on. Second baseman, Lou Klinchok, way back on the uh, grass. The curve is low, ball one. Check that. Zorlo Versailles is at second base, and Lou Klinchok is at third base. We had that lineup change. Just put him in the wrong spot. The 1-0 pitch, low curve in there, strike call. On deck, Joe Pepitone. 
Outfield shaded around towards right. Harrelson really deep in right field. The 1-1 curve is low and inside, 2-1. Harrelson only has to take one step back and he'll be against the fence and right. A lot of room down the left field line for Bobby Mercer. Matter of fact, a lot of room between the third baseman and the shortstop. Larry Brown shading Bobby over towards second base. Besides playing short right field against him. The 2-1 pitch is a little bit low, 3-1. Two out, nobody on, no score. The 3-1 pitch bounced foul past Elson Howard, and that little kid had it in his hand and dropped it. Couldn't have been more than seven years old, and he had the ball in the first row of box seats and dropped it. Nice try. He didn't have a glove on, though. Keep telling you, kids, bring your glove to the stadium. Makes it a lot easier to catch those foul balls. Ready now for the payoff pitch to Bobby. Here it is, and it's fouled upstairs and out of play. And a hand for that catch upstairs. Still three and two on Mercer. Hoggins change up, bounce to second base. Versailles is there. Over to Tony Horton for the out. The Yankees go down in order. And at the end of one full inning, it's the Indians nothing and the Yankees nothing. The Pepsi White Star will shine bright for charity all summer. Pepsi Diet Pepsi Team and Mountain Dew Caps are worth one-third cent each at your local Pepsi-Cola bottler. Most groups take a summer hiatus, but now, with White Star, no meetings are necessary. Just redeem the caps and earn money for your favorite charity of nonprofit venture all summer. Just be sure your group is registered. Then, the hotter it gets, the more Pepsi you drink and the more money you make for charity. Find out who your friends are. Ask them to save Pepsi Caps for you, too. second inning to correct the statement I made Sandy Alpha caught me I said Tuesday night we will play a Tuesday daytime doubleheader naturally it'll be a daytime doubleheader in the afternoon if you want to be re- really redundant Tuesday at home with the Boston Red Sox that's July 15th a very unusual doubleheader in midweek and takes the curve high, ball one. 
First game will start at 1 p.m. Another reminder, that's Tuesday, July 15th. But tomorrow's a big game. We don't want you to forget. Mel Stottlemyre against Sudden Sam McDowell. Ken Harrelson batting 198. Bonson's pitch is in there. Strike called one and one. On deck, Russ Snyder. No score, top of the second. Bonson winds the 1-1 pitch. Bounced over the pitcher's head. Michael Lewis left. One-hands it. Steps on second. Throws to first. He made a phantom double play. I don't know why he stepped on second, but Gene caught it one-handed. Jumped on second base and threw to first, just nipping Ken Harrelson. And there have been three fine defensive plays by the Yankees infield so far in this game by Jerry Kenny, by Bobby Cox, and now by Gene Michael. That brings up Russ Snyder, batting 267 with five doubles, one homer, and 12 RBIs. Harrelson was up there with 11 homers and 39 RBIs. One out, nobody on. Left hand hitting Snyder, checks his swing, fouls it back off the mezzanine, down below, and it's strike one. Curve is outside, one of one. One one pitch in the dirt. Knocked down by Gibbs. It's two and one. Outfield straight away on Snyder. Kind of a slap hitter. Fastball bounced off the plate. Bonson in fast. Gonna have to hurry. Throws to first just in time. Boy, I tell you, every play has been a close one in this ball game. That brings up Zerl Oversize. Batting 230, 11 doubles, a triple, a homer, and 12 RBI. Two out, nobody on, no score. Top of the second inning. On deck, Lou Klimchak. Bonson's first pitch to Versailles. Line of right field. Mercer coming on. Can't get it. It's in for a base hit. Bobby fields it on one hop. And that's hit number two for the Indians. Larry Brown has the other one. And Lou Klimchak, who was brought up from Portland on May 27th. He had hit 284. Klimchak. Let's see what Lou is batting. 274. 
Left-hand batter. What a stance he's got. Ground ball to first. Pepitone off his arm. Cox has it. Throws to Bunsen in time. Beautiful play. Holy cow. You got to give Pepitone an assist on that, I believe. 3-4-1. And I said it have been ex- some exciting plays here early in the ball game. Off Pepitone's arm. Cox got it. Bunsen came over to cover. They just nipped Klimchuk. No runs, a base hit, no errors, a man left. And at the end of an inning and a half, it's Cleveland nothing and the Yankees nothing. Now that school graduations are over, vacation time is in full swing. This is a fine time to visit Skyline Drive. For those of you touring New England, an interesting break in your journey would be to stop overnight at Skyline Inn. Rooms are splendid, cuisine is excellent, and it is quiet. Spend a restful night and dream your cares away close to the stars. The summit views are inspiring. Walk to Lookout Rock for an intimate view of the village of Manchester in the Vermont Valley, 3,000 feet below. Skyline Drive is a paved highway located on Route 7, about four miles below Manchester, Vermont. The entrance is marked by a brilliant display of flags. The toll is only $3 a car with no charge for passengers. If you would like a brochure describing both Skyline Drive and Skyline Inn, including a map that shows you how to get there, just drop a card to Skyline Drive, Manchester, Vermont. Pepitone will lead it off. Pepe hitting 238 has 12 doubles, one triple, 18 homers, 47 RBI. There's no score. We're in the last half of the second inning. Steve Hargan on the hill for the Indians. Dick Hauser coaching at third. Elston Howard at first. Hargan's curve swung at and missed strike one. Actually, foul tipped it. Just got a piece of it. Right now, let's pause for station identification. Hi, Terry Lester here. Kick those late afternoon blues. Keep happy from 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays on WGY Schenectady, Radio 81. Hoggins' next pitch to Joe is high, one-on-one. On deck, Ron Woods. They play Pepitone the same way they play Bobby Mercer, pulled around towards right. Fastball swung at and missed. One ball, two strikes. That Hogan really fired that high hard one, and Pepe really had a cut at it. Two pitch. Fastball hit in the air to shallow right field. And Harrelson comes in and one hands it. Looked like Harrelson lost it momentarily. We told you it's not quite dark here, but he was able to come in and make a one hand running catch. And so with one out, here's Ron Woods. Woods batting 216, two doubles, a triple, a homer, and three RBIs. 
They play Wood straight away. Hoggins' fastball is low. Ball one. pitch foul back on the screen one ball one strike no score here in the bottom of the second one out nobody on curve is outside two and one and rocks back. Fastball fouled. Off the chest protector of the plate umpire. It's two and two. Hogan, a very slow, deliberate worker out on the mound. Gets the sign from Duke Sims. He winds. Strike three. He waved at that one. Really fooled on that pitch was Ron Woods. Didn't have a good cut at it. Kind of just waved his bat. Second strikeout for Hargan. And now Gene Michael. Gene hitting 276. 13 doubles. A triple, a homer, and 11 RBI. batting left-handed against Hargan. Pitch to Michael is low ball one. On deck, Bobby Cox. Fastball is low ball two, two and nothing. You ought to see where Cardinal's playing and Russ Snyder. Holy cow. That's Gene Michael. He can hit him over their heads. Somebody yelled, Bill, you were Sandy. Yell to Michael. Look where the outfield's playing. That's you used to do when you were kids. Takes a pitch inside ball three. I'd get mad if they played me that shallow. Alvin Dark pulled the outfield in that close. Ooh, I mean that Cardinal of Michael hits one over his head. That Cardinal will be running for a week out there in center field. He's riding back a second. The 3-0 pitch. Ball four. So Michael gets the first walk given up by Hagen. And it brings up Bobby Cox. Cox batting 206. Four doubles, a triple, a homer, and 11 RBI. Hagen wants a new baseball. Michael leads away. Hagen sets. 
throw to first. Gene is back, and Gene was leaning towards second base. I think he had ideas. Here's the stretch. There goes Michael. The ball is taken. The throw to second. Not in time. He's out. Wait a minute. He called him out. Versailles jumped in the air over Michael. Caught the ball and tagged Gene on the shoulder. Now Dick House is going out to argue a little bit. And looked like Michael was in there with his feet. And Versailles tagged him on the shoulder. Two to four. The catcher to the second baseman. But John Flaherty called him out. That was a weird play. Nothing across for the Yankees. And at the end of two full innings, it's Cleveland. Nothing in the Yankees. Nothing. Angelo Petroselli of Patterson, New Jersey. Thomas Cornell of New London, Connecticut. John Firmstone of Honesdale, Pennsylvania. And Jose M. Osorio of Brooklyn, New York all have something in common. They participated in the 1969 beer taste test when Peels challenged three top-selling brands for the Eastern Championship of Beer. And they all preferred Peels Real Draft Beer. So did lots of other beer drinkers. In fact, not one of those top-selling beers could beat Peels Real Draft in the 1969 taste test. Does that surprise you? Well, it shouldn't. You see, there is one very big, very important difference between Peels and the other beers, and it's this. Only Peels gives you real draft lightness, real draft freshness in bottles and cans. So it's really not surprising at all that Peels was a winner in the big taste test. How about making a little test of your own? Next time you have a beer, have a Peels Real Draft beer. I think you'll be convinced, too, that Peels Real Draft has the taste that can't be beat. Steve Hogan will lead it off for the Indians in the top of the third. Eddie Layton, our organist, has come over to join us for a while. Oh, you're off tonight, Eddie? Oh, that's right. We got... You're not supposed to say the June Apple. You're supposed to say June Apple. That's the name of the band. That's what they told us. Don't say the... The... June Apple. Can't figure that out like the Brooklyn Bridge. That's the name of a, uh, an outfit. This is swing and a miss, one-on-one. There's a foul off the upper deck, back down onto the field. A ball and two strikes. That's right. Eddie Layton tells us it's June Apple. You don't say the. How can you explain it? I mean, you can't say, hey, look out there, June Apple. They've figured somebody's name. The ball is popped in the air. Gene Michael moves to shallow center and makes the catch one out. That'll bring up Jose Cardinal, fouled out to Jerry Kenny. Jerry making a nice catch practically half in the Cleveland dugout in the first inning. No score, top of the third. Eddie Layton gets a night off and he comes to the ballpark. Eddie does a great job. 
Love is a many splendid thing. One of Eddie's shows that he does. What else, Ed? That, and of course, playing here at Yankee Stadium and Madison Square Garden. It's a high pop to the right side. Pepitone back. Pepe in foul territory. One hands it. And it's two away. It will bring up Larry Brown, who lined a single to left field in the first inning. date night here tonight at Yankee Stadium. See all these young couples out here. Good to see them. There's a fastball, a little high ball one thrown by Stan Bonson. Marty Springstead calling balls and strikes. Ron Dinkinger umpiring at first, John Flaherty at second, and Bob Stewart at third. Bonson's curve has popped up. Cox going back, but Ron Woods calling for it in right center makes the catch. And Bonson has his first one, two, three inning. And at the end of two and a half innings, it's Cleveland nothing and the Yankees nothing. You know, lots of people go along drinking one beer and thinking it's just the greatest until someone comes along and shows them something better. That's what happened to Robert Jordan of Jackson Heights, New York, Raymond Church of Uncleville, Connecticut and Gerald Leonard of Newark, New Jersey, and Bruce Thomas of Brooklyn. All of them have been regular drinkers of the biggest-selling beer in the New York area. All of them participated in the big 1969 beer taste test. They tasted their regular beer without knowing it, and they tasted Peel's Real Draft, both in unmarked glasses. And you know what? They all preferred Peel's. And the other top-selling beers in that dramatic taste test couldn't beat Peel's either. Peel's is a real draft beer. And draft beer tastes fresher and lighter. Just one taste is all it takes sometimes to convince people that Peel's is better than their beer. Convince yourself. Put Peel's Real Draft to the test today and enjoy the taste that can't be beat. We get ready for the bottom of the third inning. Our buddy Bruce Bradley one of the funniest DJs. And they don't like to be called DJs anymore, do they, Sammy? I don't know. I, I, I don't think they like to be called DJs, which is this jockey's short. I forget the title they like to be called. But anyway, Bruce Bradley, one of the funniest you'll ever hear, is emceeing June Apple out there. That's still, I gotta say, the June Apple. It's in all... It's a... Uh, it's not an orchestra, it's a combo. That's what they call them, isn't it, Eddie? <laughs> That's right, this is July. The June Apple playing in July. All right, here's Bobby Cox, who was at bat when Gene Michael was caught stealing. Steve Hogan ready. His pitch curve in the dirt. Nice one-hand grab by Duke Sims on a short hop. Ball one. No score. Changeup, bounce to third, up with it on one hot Klimchak, throws to first, and it's one out. There it is on the big Yankee scoreboard in center field. It says, Musical Entertainment Tonight by June Apple. 
Now, if somebody would have just come in and read that and weren't hip, or weren't cool cats, they'd think it was June Apple, a girl's name. But if you're up on everything the way we are up here, you know what it is. It's a group, a swinging group, and they're playing for date night. Right now, Jake Gibbs is up there, fouls the first pitch back on the screen, strike one. Jake batting 205 with four doubles and 10 RBI. Here's the windup. The pitch is fouled back on the screen. Same spot, strike two. 0 oh and 2. The two-strike pitch almost hits Jake. One ball, two strikes. One out, nobody on. Stan Bonson on deck. The one-two curve is lined to center field. Cardinal coming on. And did he get it? He got it! A good sliding catch by Jose Cardinal. And the defense has been everything in this ballgame thus far for both teams. Two out. Gibbs robbed him of a base hit. And here's Stan Bonson. Three for 31. No extra base hits. One RBI. Batting 097. Pitch to Bunsen is strike one call. One and one. One ball, one strike, two out. No score. Bottom of the third. Hoggins' pitch is fouled back in the seats and out of play. A ball and two strikes. Indians have two base hits. The Yankees looking for their first base hit. They had a base runner. Gene Michael walked in the second, then was cut down trying to steal. A little bit high, two and two. The two-two pitch, swing and a miss. Strike three, and Hoggins struck one out each inning. That's his third strikeout. Three up, three down, and at the end of three full innings, it's Cleveland nothing and the Yankees nothing. Take another look at the scoreboard. As we told you, Baltimore beat Detroit 9-3. McNally winning his 12th of the year. He's yet to lose. Dobson the loser. 
Brooks Robinson got his 13th, and Mickey Stanley his 7th. Washington beat Boston in the first of two, 6 to 2. More the winner, Jarvis the loser. Frank Howard had two homers, 29 and 30. Lock home at his first of the year. Reggie Smith got his 17th. Second game, Red Sox 2, Washington nothing in the three and a half. Cox against Siebert, and Reggie Smith got his 18th with a man on. California 2 and the White Sox 2 into 6. May against Win Fergosi got his 7th of the year in the 6th with a man on. Minnesota beat Oakland 13-1. Perry the winner, Dobson the loser, but Reggie Jackson got his 34th of the year. Killebrew got his 21st and 22nd. Seattle at Kansas City, latest start. In the National League, Mets at Pittsburgh postponed. Montreal beat the Phillies 6-4. McGinn the winner, Fryman the loser. Briggs got his 5th of the year with a man on. Cardinals beat the Cubs 5-1. Bryles the winner, Holtzman the loser. Atlanta beat the Giants 7-1. Negro won his 14th of the year. He's only lost five. He's the first to win 14 in the majors. Bolin the loser. San Diego beat Houston 9-8. Houston scored four in the 12th. San Diego scored five. Win the winner. Reberger the loser. Morgan and Win homered. And Cincinnati at Los Angeles, a latest start. Coming on now to carry you along for the next three innings in a real defensive ball game. One of the great defensive second basemen that I ever saw. Not too much with the stick, but a very smart ball player, Jerry Coleman. I'm not so sure that I don't take that as a left-handed compliment. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. As he runs down to the um, water fountain. All right, we're all set to go here. For the Indians, in the top of the fourth, Duke Sims, Tony Horton, and Ken Harrelson. No score on the ball game. Stan Bonson against Steve Hargan. 86 degrees and the humidity 586%. Oh, is it close out here? Sims takes a curveball outside. Ball one. CHI. I just lost the base of the microphone. The 1-0 pitch now, and Sims takes it outside. Two balls and no strikes. Defense about straight away. Sims, a left-hand batter, out on a fine play by Bobby Cox in the first. This one popped up and out of play. Strike one. Two balls and one strike. Johnny Lippon coaching at first base for the Indians and George Strickland at third. Stan Bonson has slowed the pace a little bit. As we told you, it's hot and close. The 2-1 delivery. Curve right in there. A good overhand curveball by Bonson. Stan has given up only two base hits. Single to Brown and a single to Versailles. While Steve Hargan has not allowed a base hit and has retired the first nine in order, although he did walk Michael, but Michael was out attempting to steal. Bonson ready now into the windup. The 2-2 delivery to Sims. Ooh, a bullet over the head of Pepitone. He tomahawked that one. Sims is going to try for two. The throw by Mercer. Cox. And it's in time to Gene Michael. A relay from Mercer to Cox to Michael. 
a fire relay from Bobby Mercer to Bobby Cox to Gene Michael. Got the headlong sliding Duke Sims at second. Well, that goes as a single. And then the relay, 9-4-6. Third base hit off Bonson, one away. The batter now is Tony Horton, who bounced to third in the first. As Phil told you, a fine defensive ball game and another gem on a great relay. From Mercer to Cox to Gene Michael. That Sims went into that base like he was going in the 100-meter uh, swimming events at the Olympics. There's a fastball. It's low to Tony Horton. Ball one. Tony Horton holds the bat high. He waits a curveball. He fouls it off. That one was up in his eyes, and he pulled it almost behind him. One and one. Tony Horton has played more ball games than any other Cleveland Indian. This is his 80th. And he's appearing officially to, at home plate for his 302nd time. Scored 38 runs, 10 doubles, 2 triples, 16 homers, and 58 RBIs, and a 265 batting average. This one popped back just to our left. Ooh, if I had a net, I'd have had that one. One ball and two strikes. We almost lost our engineer, Sandy Alper, reaching over for the ball. Bonson now, the one-two pitch. Almost hit Horton as he backs him off the plate. Two balls and two strikes. Sandy, I thought we lost you for a moment. That's one baseball. We'll let uh, lay for a while. Here's the 2-2 pitch. Swung on a missed strike. Two down. Tony Horton striking out on a low curveball. That's the first strikeout for Bonson. Now here's Ken Harrelson who bounced to short in the second. No score, top of the fourth. A pitcher's battle between Bonson and Hargan. Dan Bonson into the windup. Harrelson takes outside ball one. Dan, who's on weekend leave from Fort Dix, serving his two-week service time there, is making his third start against the Indians. Has not had a decision in 69. He's one and two lifetime. Dan is 22 and 22 in big league pitching. There's a high pop behind the plate. Gibbs after it. And that one is too far on the net, out of play. Ball on a strike. The Hawk, Ken Harrelson. A little extra roar you heard was the ball boy who recovered the ball before a spectator could get to it, and he was roundly booed because of it. One ball, one strike. 
Harrelson with the power up in that front toe. Swings at a slider and misses strike two. Harrelson having a real tough year so far, batting only 198, 11 home runs, and 39 RBIs. He's got 10 doubles, four triples, seven stolen bases, four of them against the Yankees. with the sweatbands on his wrist is waiting. It's a high pop, short right field. Calling for it is Bobby Mercer. Drifting under it, he has it, and the side is retired. For the Indians, no runs on a hit and one left. Nobody left, rather, and the score after three and a half. Cleveland nothing and the Yankees nothing. You know what Alan Hutchins of Lake Apatcon, New Jersey, looks for in a beer? Lightness, that's what. Same goes for James Brady of Astoria, New York. He likes a light beer, too. So does Herbert Semmel of Forest Hills, New York, and Gary Just of East Newark, New Jersey. They all prefer a beer that doesn't leave you feeling filled up. And when they participated in that dramatic 1969 beer taste test, well, naturally, they all preferred Peel's Real Draft. Real Draft means lighter-tasting beer. But Peel's has more than lightness. It's got smoothness, too, and mildness and flavor. It's no wonder those other top-selling brands just couldn't beat Peel's when they poured it out. In unlabeled bottles and unmarked glasses for the Eastern Championship of Beer. If you're looking for a beer with real championship taste, a beer that's in a league all its own, test Peel's Real Draft yourself. You'll be convinced, too. The top of the Yankee batting order will come to the plate here in the bottom of the fourth inning. It'll be Tom Chopin, Jerry Kenny, and Bob Mercer. The Yankees still looking for their first base hit against Steve Harbin. Harbin had the elbow operation in the offseason. He had a nerve switched in his elbow. Actually, not transplanted, but moved. Because it was rubbing on a piece of calcium. They also scraped the calcium off, but they switched the nerve to another part of the elbow. Steve Hargan's first pitch to Tommy Chopin is bunted toward third, just foul. A good bunt, but foul, as Luke Klimchok was in on it in a hurry. Hargan was born in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Signed by the assistant to the president, Hoot Evers, great outfielder for the Detroit Tigers of many years ago. Hargan has had some pretty good years with the Indians. He was 13 and 10 in 66, 14 and 13 in 67, but only 8 and 15 last year. This season, he's 1 and 6, trying to fight his way back. Chopin fouls this one off into the seats on the left side. No balls and two strikes. Baltimore beat Detroit this afternoon, 9-3. Dave McNally getting his 12th consecutive win. Hargan into the lineup. Chopin crouching, waits, drills one into right center, racing for it as Harrelson, and he can't get it. It bounces off the auxiliary scoreboard. Chopin's going to go for three, and he is sliding and makes it.
Chope gets himself a triple with nobody out in the bottom of the fourth inning. Zola Versalles sort of bungled the relay. He didn't get a hold of the ball well, and by the time he turned around and threw it, it was too late. And Chope just kept going, and he's got himself a triple. That's hit of the year. Tommy Chope in scoring position. Nobody out. He's at third, and here's Jerry Kenny. No score in this ball game. Kenny choking up in the bat. Chope at third. Indian infield is back with the exception of the third baseman, Plimchok. Kenny fouls the first pitch back on the left side into the seats, and it's strike one. Steve Hargan has given up only one base hitter with a big one. The opening triple by Tommy Chope, his first hit. Tommy is now one for seven. Jerry Kenny chokes up a little. Waiting. Hargan into the lineup. Pitches outside. One and one. Bobby Mercer on deck, and he'll be followed by Pepitone. Trying to get something started here as they start to clap. Well, Hargan steps off the rubber. He wants another sign. Taking his time with the runner at third. Hargan in the windup. The 1 1 pitch, and Kenny drills it to left. Going back is Snyder. He's got it, and coming in to score easily is Tommy Chope. The Yankees lead 1 0. And now it's New York Yankee baseball. We pause for our station identification. Hi, I'm Bill Edwardson. I'm the bird that wakes up the early birds. Join me weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's a real eye-opener. On WGY Radio 81, Schenectady. The Yankees take the lead 1-0 in the bottom of the fourth. A triple by Chopin, a sacrifice fly by Jerry Kenny, and for Kenny, his 18th RBI. Now here's Bobby Mercer, a run across, one out, nobody on. Mercer swings at a curve and misses strike one. Bobby has played in more ball games than any Yankee. This is his 80th. has scored the most runs of anybody in the lineup tonight, 43, and has the most hits of any man, 82, in the lineup tonight. Clark, though, surpasses Mercer in runs scored and in hits with 92, and also in games played. Clark has played 82. No balls and two strikes to Mercer. The next one by Hargan is low for one and two. Steve Hargan, slim, trim. The one-two pitch to Mercer. Hit hard to right center. That's got something on it. Way back there. 
And it bounces off the agility scoreboard. Mercer has to hold up at second base. Bobby gets a double, is on at second. Coming to the plate now, it'll be Joe Pepitone. For Mercer, his 15th double of the year. Bobby bounced to second in the first inning, and now with a double, he's one for two. The second hit off Morgan, and that'll bring up Joe Pepitone, lined to right in the second. Well, they're going to put Pepitone on and pitch to Ron Wood. Ball two to Pepitone. Pena and Stan Williams are warming up for the Indians in the bullpen. And it's ball four, and Pepitone goes down to first. So the Yankees now with one down and one run in, leading one to nothing. They've got Mercer at second, Pepitone at first, and the batter Ron Wood, who struck out in the second. on the end. He's waiting. Parkin is ready, and it's in the dirt. Nicely blocked by Sims, holding the runners. A good play by Duke Sims. That curveball bounced about four feet in front of the plate. Sims had all he could do to keep it in front of him. perking up here at the stadium. The Yankees and Indians split a doubleheader yesterday. Yanks leading in this one one nothing. Last of the fourth. Pepitone at first, Mercer at second. Woods the batter. One ball a count. Argon the right-hander. Kicks and delivers and Woods swings and misses. One and one. Cleveland infield, double play depth with one down. One ball, one strike. Wood straight up and down stance. The 1-1 one, one pitch. Slider that missed outside, two balls and a strike. On deck, Gene Michael. Woods waiting as Hargan comes set once again. Checks Mercer at second. Here's the pitch. On the ground to third. Grabbed by Klimchok. He touches third. Fires the first. Double play. That one going 5-5-3. Five, five, A double play. Well, the Yankees are out of there with one run. Two base hits. One man left. The score after four full innings of play. The Yankees won. The Indians nothing.
We asked Ralph Probosco of West Orange, New Jersey, what he looks for in a beer. And what did he say? Smoothness, that's what. And when we asked Ernest Dickinson of Norwich, Connecticut, he said it too. Smoothness. We got the same answer from Arnold Bloom of Jamaica, New York, and Ronald Gordon of New Brunswick, New Jersey. They all like a smooth-tasting beer. And when they all took part in that big 1969 beer taste test, they picked Peel. So did lots of other beer drinkers. There were three other well-known brands in the contest, too. But none of them could be Peel's Real Draft Beer. How come? Well, it's not just that Peel's has the smoothness people look for in a beer. Peel's is a real draft beer. And draft beer tastes lighter, tastes fresher. When you put them all together, smoothness, lightness, freshness, you've got Peel's Real Draft. The beer with the taste that can't be beat. Try it. Just one taste and you'll be ready to join all those people who've switched to Peel's Real Draft. Well, don't forget tomorrow it'll be Sam McDowell, who's won 10 on the season, going up against the Yankees' ace, Mel Stottlemyre, who has already won 11. So McDowell shooting for his 11th, Stottlemyre for his 12th. The real pitcher's battle shaping up tomorrow afternoon. That'll be a single game, and the game gets underway at 2 o'clock. We'll be on the air at 155. Russ Snyder, Zola Versailles, and Lou Klimchak facing Stan Bonson. We're in the top of the fifth inning. The Yankees are leading one to nothing. Indians with three hits. The Yankees have a pair. Bonson into the windup. Snyder, the veteran outfielder, takes a curve right in there for strike one. Russ tapped back to Bonson in the second inning. He's 0 for 1. Snyder came into the ball game batting at 267. Guy's always been a solid hitter. Gets the wood on the ball. Bonson delivers, and Snyder pops it up toward the line and left. Everybody racing for it. Nobody can get to it. And it's just a loud foul. Michael, Kenny, and the left fielder, Chopin, all in hot pursuit. Nobody got it. In fact, they almost ran over the ball boy, the ball boy down there, rather. He had to take that little milking chair of his and run for his life with the three of them pounding after him. Snyder, a left-hand hitter, at one time, many years ago, belonged to the Yankees, and went to Kansas City, Baltimore, Cleveland, dependable performer, broke his ankle a few years back when he was with the Orioles. It looked like his career might be over, but he bounced back. Here's the two-strike pitch by Bonson to Snyder. It's way outside, a ball and two strikes. Well, the Senators have tied the Red Sox at two apiece going into the sixth. Washington won the first one six to two, and they are a team right now to watch out for. They have a record of 43 and 41. If they win that second game, they'll be 44 and 41, three over 500. Boston fading fast, having a lot of pitching problems. They got Ron Klein from the San Francisco Giants this afternoon to help out. Snyder, a check swing foul just outside of third, past the third base coach, George Strickland. A ball and two strikes. The count holds. Stan 
has slowed the pace a little. He's ready one more time. The one-two pitch to Snyder. Ground ball, two hops to Cox at second base. He's got it. Over to Pepitone, one away. That ball was sharply hit, but right into the waiting arms of Bobby Cox. Warlow Versailles. Single to right, sharply in the second. That ball shot off his bat right in front of Bobby Mercer in right field. At that time, it was only the second Indian base hit. They only have three on the night, all singles. Single by Brown, one by Sims, and the other by Versailles. One out, Versailles waiting. Bonson kicks, delivers, swing and a miss, strike one. Speaking of the Red Sox, they'll be in town on July the 15th, Tuesday afternoon, for a day doubleheader. The first game starts at 1, and then they'll also be here for the 16th and 17th, Wednesday and Thursday nights. Those games will start at 8. Curve is low to Versailles. One ball and two strikes. One out. The Yankees leading 1 to nothing, top of the 5th. Yankees got their run on a triple by Chopin and a sacrifice fly by Jerry Kenny in the bottom of the fourth. The 1-1 pitch to Versailles. He started to go and held off. Bonson throwing a good curveball that just missed outside. Two balls and one strike. Stanley Bonson again ready. The 2-1 pitch. Popped up. Left side. Michael calling for it. Waiting, he's got it two down. Snyder bouncing out to Cox. Versailles popping up to Michael. Two up, two down. Now here's Lou Klimchak. Klimchak got into the game as a lead starter for Vern Fuller, the second baseman. Fuller injured his little finger in his left hand and was scratched at the last moment. Klimchak bounced to Pepitone, a kicked off his glove, but backing up was Bobby Cox, and he threw it to Bonson for the force on Klimchak on a fine play to end the second inning. Lou, a left-hand batter, takes ball one. Klimchak started with the old Kansas City A's, the team that is now in Oakland. Takes a curve outside, 2-0. quite a while. Began his pro career back in, see, 1957 it was. Klimchuk holding the bat high. The 2-0 pitch. Hits one high and far to right field. Way back. We've got a tie ball game. Lou Klimchuk boomed one into the Yankee bullpen. In right field, and it's all tied at one apiece. He really hit it high and far, and waiting for it as it came down was Al Downing. So the Indians tie it up in the top of the fifth inning on the solid home run by Lou Klimchuk. That's only the second home run of the year for Klimchuk. And his seventh RBI. Now Steve Hargan, the pitcher, stepping in. Bonson delivers, and Hargan tries to bunt for a base hit and fouls it off, strike one. Hargan pops to short, 
in the third inning. He's 0 for 1. That was the fourth hit off Bonson. Target, not too bad a hitter, came into the ballgame with three hits and 13 at-bats. He's now 3 for 14. One strike delivery by Bonson coming. A ground ball. Bonson has it on one hop. And he's trying to make Hargan run, but Hargan just sort of goes down about two-thirds of the way and comes to a complete halt and then gets the ball from Pepitone. For the Indians, one run on one hit, the home run by Klimchuk. Nobody left, and the score after four and a half, Cleveland won and the Yankees won. You know, it's a brighter, fresher world when you look at it through a bright, clean windshield. It's a safer world, too, for the driver with clear vision. That's your world every time you drive out of an Atlantic Red Ball station. A Red Ball dealer doesn't decide whether your windshield needs cleaning. He doesn't wait to be asked. He goes ahead and cleans it regardless for every customer, every time. And he always offers to check the oil for you. That's more than a promise. It's a guarantee. If an Atlantic Red Bull dealer should ever forget to clean the windshield, weather permitting, or to offer to check the oil, he'll refund the cost of your gasoline. The offer may vary in some states, but the service never does. For the service that you can depend on every time, see the man who never forgets. You'll find him where you see the sign of Atlantic Red Bull dealer service. So good, it's guaranteed. Once again, if you're 14 years of age and under, boys and girls, don't forget July the 20th. That'll be the second bat day, 1969, here at Yankee Stadium. The Washington Senators will be in town, and they've got some hitting ball club this year, so what a day to have the second bat day. Had a packed house on June the 15th for the first one, and we'll be looking for you out here Sunday afternoon, July the 20th, the second bat day of 1969. Gene Michael steps in. It's a 1-1 ball game. Last of the fifth, the first pitch is in there for strike one. Michael walked and was out attempting to steal in the second. Hargan and Bonson in a real battle. Yanks have two hits and a run. The Indians have four hits and a run. Hargan to Michael. Pitches low. One ball, one strike. Gene Michael has to be one of the real pleasant surprises for 1969. Dean started the season on the bench, suddenly has blossomed into one of the finest shortstops around and hitting that potato. Base hit down the left field side, just past the outstretched glove of Klimchok. The ball gets by Snyder. Michael digging for third and he's in at third base. Let's see how they rule it. They're giving Gene Michael a triple all the way. Ed Paul shot just by third base. Klimchok though for it. It got by him. Snyder had a little trouble as it kicked off the wall and got by him. Gene Michael has an opening triple in the bottom of the fifth inning and that'll bring up Bobby Cox. And for Michael, his second triple of the year. The Yankees now threatening in this 1-1 ball game as the Indians bring their infield in. They're on the edge of the grass. Bobby Cox bounced the third in the third. Steve Hargan with Michael at third base. Cox, a real scrapper at the plate. Here's the pitch. 
Almost hit Bobby as he backs away for ball one. There's one thing about Bobby Cox when he's up at home plate. You know something's going to happen. The 1-0 pitch to Bobby. Takes it inside. Two balls and no strikes. Sims, I think, is asking the plate umpire, Marty Springstead, if that was a foul tip. Apparently not. That bore right in on Bobby Cox, who crowds the plate anyway. Michael at third. Cox ahead of the pitcher right now. Two and oh. Hargan ready again. Here it comes. It's low for three balls and no strikes. Jake Gibbs on deck. And behind him, Stan Bonson. Indians one, the Yankees one, bottom of the fifth, Michael at third, nobody out, and the Yanks threatening. Three and oh on Bobby Cox. Let's see if manager Ralph Howe gives him the hit sign. Cox ready. Hargan delivers, and Bobby takes high ball four. Third walk given up by Steve Hargan as down to first base goes Cox. Michael holding at third, and now it's up to Jake Gibbs. Yankees with runners at first and third, and nobody out. Triples have been uh, big offensive weapons for the Yankees tonight. Chopin tripled and scored on the sacrifice fly by Jerry Kenny. And now Michael has tripled. He's on at third. Cox just got a walk. Gibbs steps in with nobody out. Gibbs lined to center field. A spectacular catch was made by Cardinal on that one. That was in the third inning. So Jake is up again with ducks on the pond. Michael at third, Cox at first. The pitch to Jake hit on the ground foul outside of first base, kicking into the stands for strike one. The Yankees have had trouble with the Indians this year. In nine games, Cleveland has won six and the Yankees three. The Yankees are only one and three at home, and they're two and three in Cleveland. Well, they've got a chance here to get a few runs as Gibbs waits. The one-strike pitch by Hargan is fouled back, strike two. He busted that fastball on the belt inside to Gibbs. He went after it and just got a piece of it. No balls and two strikes. Stan Bonson on deck. Manager Alvin Dark is up on the edge of the dugout, about as high as he can get and still be in the dugout. No balls, two strikes. Gibbs waits. Hargan at the belt. Delivers outside. One and two. Now Hargan decides he's going to wipe some perspiration off his brow. We told you a very warm night. Humidity is way up there. And the temperature at game time, 86 degrees. Hargan is ready again. So is Gibbs. The runners move off. Here's the pitch. Fouled back over our heads, and the count holds. One ball, two strikes. Steve Hargan was selected to the All-Star game in 1967, but did not play. That year, he won 14 and lost 13. 
had an earned run average of 2.62, but the arm miseries last season held him back, and so far, still trying to get on track here in 1969. Brought a 1-6 record into this game. And right now, the Yankees are trying to make that 1-7 as Gibbs waits. Hargan sets. Here's the pitch to Jake. It's over his head, 2-2. Two two. Tomorrow, at 2 o'clock, Sam McDowell going up against Mel Stottlemyre in a real pitcher's battle. McDowell has won 10, Stottlemyre 11. Bargain once again gets the sign, kicks and delivers, and Gibbs hits the shot to right field. Ken Harrison has it, tagging up, and coming in is Gene Michael, and the Yankees lead 2-1. to one. A solid sacrifice shot into the waiting arms of Ken Harrelson brings Gene Michael home. And for Gibbs, RBI number 11. The ball is well hit on a bullet. Second time that Gibbs has hit the ball sharply without coming up with a base hit. Now Stan Bonson steps in with one down and cocks it first. The Yankees moving out in front, two to one. Triple, a walk, and a sacrifice fly. It's the second time in this ballgame that a sacrifice fly has scored a run. Kennedy drove in Chopin in the fourth with a sacrifice, and now Gibbs brings Michael home. Boston had a quick chat with third base coach Dick Hauser to get things straight. Klimchak is moving into third looking for the sacrifice. Throw goes to first. Cox is back. The Indian infield squared away in bunt formation. There you are, looking for a bunt. Bargain sets. Bonson squares, pops it up. And Klimchak is right there to make it. Klimchak could have dropped that ball or let it drop and gone to second and back to first because Bonson did not move off the plate. But when he caught it, that was the end of it. Two down. The batter now, Tommy Chopin, who bounced to the first baseman and tripled to right center. Bobby Cox remaining at first. The Yankees leading 2-1. to one. We're in the last of the fifth. And here's Tommy Chopin. 5 feet 8, 160 pounds. Crouches right over the top of that plate. Hargan is ready and delivers, and Chopin tries a bunt and misses for strike one. Tommy, who comes from Connecticut, recently recalled from the Syracuse Ball Club when Roy White went into the service. And, of course, Tommy takes every game and every at-bat as if it's uh, a trial to stay with this ball club, and it just might be. So he is really bearing down. Here's the pitch. It's high and over his head for one and one. In 1967, Chopin was with the Yankees for eight games and batted 296, had a couple of home runs and six RBIs. Last year, throughout the entire season with Syracuse, batted only 245. All right, Tommy waiting. Throw to first. Cox is forced back. One ball and one strike to Chopin. Chopin was born in Bristol, Connecticut, where he still makes his home. 
Bargain to Chopin. It's fouled back over our heads, and the count goes to one ball, two strikes. Tom Chopin is a graduate of the University of Bridgeport. The little left-hand hitter is waiting. The one-two pitch curve is a half-swing call, strike three, says plate umpire Marty Springstead, and that takes care of the Yankees in the fifth. Strikeout number four for Hargan. For the Yankees, though, one run on one base hit, one man left. The score after five full innings of play, Yankees two and the Indians one. There's an ocean full of value at participating Atlantic stations these days. First, there's something for your car, of course. The gasoline that keeps you on the go. Atlantic Imperial. Then there's famous Red Ball service, too. And now, there's something for your table. Fine china. Imported from across the sea. We call it royal elegance. You'll call it beautiful, delicate, translucent, and a sensational value. Because at participating Atlantic stations, you can purchase a four-piece plate setting of royal elegance for only 99 cents with each eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states, but this beautiful fine china will never vary in its charming good looks. Pick up a four-piece plate setting today. Charge it on your Atlantic Richfield credit card if you like. Royal elegance is something nice to take home to mother. With the Yankees leading 2-1, to one, we drift into the sixth inning, and will be the top of the batting order for the Indians, Cardinal, Brown, and Sims. Jose, the center fielder, Larry Brown, the shortstop, and Duke Sims, the catcher. Jose Cardinal is 0-2. He fouled the third and the first. Right-hand batter facing Stan Bonson. A tight ball game. Yankees, two runs, three hits. The Indians, one run and four hits. Cardinal began his big league career with the California Angels, traded to the Indians. The small center fielder takes low for ball one. Jose Domique Cardinal, born in Cuba. Ground ball to third. Kenny on a tough half-hop has it. Fires to Pepitone, one away. That was a fine play by Jerry Kenny. Put a little star after that one. We've had a great defensive ball game tonight, one where the fans can get up and cheer. Here's Larry Brown, single to left, slide to center, one for two. Brown began his big league career with the Indians in 1963. He's in his seventh season, and right now he takes the curveball outside for ball one. Brown came into this game batting a 249. So he moves up to the 250 mark with that one for two. The 1 0 pitch to Brown, a little bit low, two balls and no strikes. 
The clothes and everything sticking to you tonight. The 2-0 pitch to Brown swings and misses strike one. Larry Brown's brother Dick was a catcher for the Orioles but developed tumors in his brain. They were benign. They were cut out and he is now a scout for the Orioles in Florida. There's an attempted bunt where Brown pulls his bat back. It's ball three. Three and one. And Larry Brown right here in this ballpark almost had his career ended when he and Leon Wagner went head on and Brown came up with multiple fractures of the skull. That was a few years back. right-hand hitter. Stan Bonson, the right-hand pitcher. Wines, deals, up the middle of base hit. Larry Brown, a solid hitter, a solid performer, single sharply to center. And with Duke Sims coming on, we remind you it's New York Yankee baseball, and we pause for station identification. Hi, Harry Downey speaking. Every day it's music and mystery. Stay close weekdays, 10 to 11.30 a.m. and 1 to 3 p.m. here on WGY Schenectady. With the Yankees leading 2-1, to one, Larry Brown is at first base, representing the tying run. One out, and Duke Sims steps in. He bounced to second, singled to right, and tried to stretch it into a double and was thrown out. Mercer to Cox to Michael. Sims, a left-hand batter, takes strike one. There's a very gentle breeze in the ballpark which makes it just perfect for the spectators. Everybody here in their shirt sleeves tonight. This is date night, ladies' night, and a good crowd on hand. Stan Bonson, ready now. Sims waiting. He fouls this one back on the screen. Off to our left, no balls and two strikes. Sims jumped on a high slider and tomahawked it over Pepitone's head in the fourth inning. It looked like he had second made easily, but Mercer came up with the ball, fired into Bobby Cox, who, in a split second, slipped it into Gene Michael, and Sims, in a headlong dive for second, was out. Great relay by the Yankees. Sims waiting from the left side. This guy can hurt you if he hits it high. Has eight home runs, and there's a curve that's high, two balls and two strikes. Yankees are leading two to one. Larry Brown at first. Bonson at the belt again delivers and Sims hits another one almost in the same spot. Mercer though is over there and he has this one fires the third base going into third is Brown and holding it first to Sims. So the Indians threaten here in the sixth inning with back to back singles. They have runners at first and third. The batter, the cleanup man, Tony Horton, who has bounced to third and struck out. Horton is the only strikeout by Stan Bonson tonight. The Yankee bullpen has started to move now. Jerry Kenny going in to talk to Bonson. It's a very, very hot night. And they're giving him a little time to get his breath. Runners at first and third. One out. 
The batter, Tony Horton. Bonson wants him to hit the ball on the ground. He's a good double play man if it goes to an infielder. Sets and delivers. There's a foul off on the right side into the mezzanine. Tony Horton has grounded in only nine double plays, which is not too bad. He's not a fast man. Cardinal, by comparison, who is a fast man, has bounced into ten double plays. And Ken Harrelson, who runs better than Horton, has bounced into eleven. He leads the Indians. Horton waits. Ground ball. Cox to his left. They'll have to go to first, and it's a tie ball game. No chance for two. Coming in to score is Larry Brown. Tony Horton comes up with an RBI, his 59th of the year, as he bounces out to Bobby Cox. Moving to second base is Duke Sims. And the batter now, Ken Harrelson. So the Indians tie it in the top of the sixth inning. Cleveland 2 and the Yankees 2. The Yanks got a run on the 4th and 1 on the 5th. Cleveland got 1 on the 5th and now 1 on the 6th and threatening for more with 2 outs and a runner at 2nd. Ken Harrelson bounced to 3rd and flied to right. The first pitch is outside. Ball 1. Cleveland Ball Club has been very tough for the Yankees. Bonson ready. The 1-0 delivery is a curve that got the corner of beauty. One ball and one strike. Cleveland currently in last place in the American League East. They've got a record of 31 and 48. 17 under 500. The Yankees coming into this game are 4 under 500 with a record of 39 and 43. Both the defending champions, the Detroit Tigers, having an offseason, they trail the Orioles by 10 and now 11 after being beaten by the Orioles this afternoon. And the Cardinals, 15 and a half behind the Cubs. They're really out of it over there. Curve got the corner again, and Ken Harrelson knew it. Two pitches beautifully thrown by Bonson. Slow curveballs both nipped the outside corner. A ball and two strikes. Harrelson admits he's been pulling too much, but he can't help himself. And, you know, you say to yourself, well, why doesn't he go to the opposite field? But sometimes you get in those ruts and nothing on earth can change you. <laughs> One ball and two strikes. At second base, Duke Sims. Brown has scored to tie it up in the sixth. Bonson now ready again. Here it comes to Harrelson. He tried the curve again, but missed this time. Two and two. Two balls, two strikes, two outs. Indians two and the Yankees two. We're in the sixth inning. Cleveland batting.
Ken Harrison waiting. Bosson delivers a curve again and misses again for three and two. And the Yankee bullpen continues to throw. It's about this time in a ball game on these warm, humid evenings that a pitcher will have some trouble. Harrison right on top of that plate. Cocks the front foot. Goes on his left toe as he waits. Here's the pitch. Payoff delivery is hit high to left field. Coming on fast is Chopay. Waiting for it. He's under it. He's got it. And the side is retired. For the Indians, one run on two base hits and one man left. The score after five and a half. Cleveland, two runs, six hits. The Yankees, two runs and three hits. McDonald's, who gives you 100% beef hamburgers, proudly salutes other great Americans who gave 100%. The scene, Madison Square Garden. Punchy, punchy. What? What? The fight's about to start, and you're still in the dressing room. What are you up to? Six feet one. You ought to know that. You was at the weigh-in. What are you doing? I'm eating good stuff from McDonald's. A real Coke, golden brown French fries. But punchy, you ain't even in your boxing trunks. Oh, you don't have to wear boxing trunks to eat at McDonald's. Besides which, I'm not fighting. I just met the new champ, Big Mac. Big Mac? Big Mac who? I don't know his last name, but take a look at him. That's just a sandwich. Not just a sandwich, Jake. It's an Epicurean delight. What a giant. 200% beef hamburgers on a triple-decker bun. But punchy. No use arguing. I'm going to devote the rest of my career to telling people about McDonald's Big Mac. Feed it to me, will you? Feed it to you. Yeah, well, they're delicious, but they're kind of hard to pick up with your gloves on. McDonald's is your kind of place. Your kind of place. In the last half of the sixth inning, Jerry Kenny will come on, and he'll be followed by Bobby Mercer and Joe Pepitone. It's all tied at two apiece. Steve Hargan all the way for the Indians, and Stan Bonson all the way for the Yanks. Bonson has given up six hits. Hargan has given up only three. The Yankees have made their hits count. Chopay tripled to open the fourth and came in on a sacrifice fly by Jerry Kenny. Michael tripled to open up the fifth and came in on a sacrifice fly by Jake Gibbs. The Indians scored in the fifth inning on a home run by Lou Klimchak, his second of the season. And then they got run on the sixth on a single by Brown, a single by Sims, and a ground out by Tony Horton. Jerry Kenny, who drove in one of the Yankee runs, he's 0 for 1. He struck out in his other at-bat. Waiting as Hargan goes into the windup, and the first pitch to Kenny is a curve that's right in there for strike one. Jerry Kenny playing at third base, doing a great job since being shifted from center field to third. Came into the game batting at 256 with a home run and 17 RBIs. He now has 18 with the RBI picked up tonight. The pitch to Kenny is hit on the ground to the second baseman for Sally's on two hops. The flip is an easy one to Horton, and Kenny is out of there. One down. We'll have all the scores right after this half inning to bring you up to date on the action in both the American and the National League. Bobby Mercer bounced to second and doubled to right.
Bargain ready in the pitch to Mercer. It's a high curve. Bobby was going to bunt, but it was over his head, and he just ran away from the plate and didn't move his bat at all. waiting. Hargan into the windup. The 1-0 pitch and Bobby hits it foul on the right side just outside of first base. One ball and one strike. Here's the 1-1 pitch to Bobby. Slow changeup, a little high. Two balls and a strike. Hargan really pulled the string on that one. It was a straight change and high over the head of Mercer. Bobby waits. The next one by Hargan is low and inside. Three and one. Yankees with a young ball club missing some of their best talent. Roy White in the service. Dan Bonson getting the weekend off and being able to pitch tonight. Bobby hits a slow ground ball to Versailles at second and the play is made to first for the second out. Two up and two down. Now here's Joe Pepitone who lined to right and drew an intentional pass. is 0 for 1 tonight. Cleveland 2, the Yankees 2, two outs, last half of the sixth inning. Pepitone the hitter. Hargan the right-hander. Doing a lot of pawing around out there on the mound. Alvin Dark has an eagle eye on his pitcher, watching him just in case he tires on him. Curve is low to Pepitone for a ball. It can happen to a pitcher in a hurry on a very warm night. He'll be going along smoothly, and then suddenly, from one batter to the next, it's gone. Now the 1-0 pitch. Outside. Two balls, no strikes. Tomorrow it's Sam McDowell against Mel Stottlemyre. Battle of the Giants. The 2-0 pitch to Pepitone is low, three balls and no strikes. Hargan is making extremely sure that he doesn't throw anything that Pepitone can pull. Now the 3-0 pitch, and Pepitone started to go with a curve that was in the dirt for ball four. Fourth walk, given up by Steve Hargan. Pepitone down to first base. With two outs and Pepitone at first, here's Ron Wood. 
Pepitone can run. He's got five stolen bases. He doesn't go too often, but in a spot like this, he might just try. Duke Sims is getting himself straightened out at home plate. He wears a regular skull cap when he catches, just turns it around. Some ball players have uh, specially fitted caps that they wear when they're catching, plastic liners. Others just uh, cut off the uh, peak of the cap and wear it that way. There goes Pepitone. It's in the dirt to throw to second, not in time. And what a jump Pepitone had. He really took off. Pepitone. A stolen base, number six on the year. Pepitone has six for seven in the stolen base department. The Yankees, have a, as a team, have stolen their 72nd in 110 attempts. They only stole 90 all last year, so they should go way past that this season. The Roadrunners off and running, and this time it's Pepitone who did it. Woods waiting, the 1-0 pitch. Fouled off, 1-1. One one. A 2-2 tie. The Yankees with a go-ahead run at second base. Two outs. One strike, Ron Woods waiting. Hargan is at the belt. Checks Pepitone at second. Fires one in there. They got the corner for strike two. That's good stuff on that one. Woods appearing in his 33rd ball game of the year. Tonight he struck out, bounced into a double play. He's got 11 base hits and 53 at bats. Of those 11 hits, two are doubles, one triple, and one home run, and three RBIs with one stolen base. Ron came into the ballgame batting at 216. He's waiting. Here's the pitch. Strike three. It got the corner. Steve Hargan really zipped one over on Ron Woods. That's strikeout number five. For the Yankees, no runs, no hits, no Indian errors. One man left. And the score after six, Cleveland two and the Yankees two. And now let's take a look at that scoreboard. Baltimore beat Detroit 9-3. The winner, McNally, he's 12-0 on the air. Dobson took the loss. Brooks Robinson got his 13th. Mickey Stanley his 7th in that one. In the first of a day-night doubleheader, the Senators 6, Red Sox 2. Frank Howard did his 29th and 30th. Reggie Smith had his 17th for Boston. In the nightcap, after six innings, Boston 10, the Senators 2. The Red Sox came up with 8 in the 6th. Reggie Smith had his 18th in that one. Chicago beat California 4-3. Minnesota beat Oakland 13-1. Killebrew hit two, his 21st and 22nd. And the home run king, Reggie Jackson, had his 34th for the A's. In the National League, the Mets and the Pirates were rained out. Montreal beat Philadelphia 6-4. Cardinals beat the Cubs 5-1. Phil Necro won his 14th of the year, most in the majors. It was Atlanta 7 and the Giants 1. 
In 12 innings, San Diego beat Houston 9-8, and Cincinnati and Los Angeles a later start. Going into the seventh inning, it's all tied at two apiece. The Indians and the Yankees, and now to carry it down to the wire, let's turn it over to Frank Messer. Frank? All right, Jerry Colvin, thank you very much, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Russ Snyder steps in for the Cleveland Indians to lead off the top half of the seventh. Snyder, left-hand hitter. Ball game all tied at 2-2. Two two. Stan Bonson rocks and deals, and Snyder takes low ball one. Snyder is over two, bounced back to Bonson, and grounded out to Cox at second. Ball two. Two and all. Snyder, Versailles, and Klimchak due up here in the seventh for the Indians. Bonson's 2-0 pitch. Popped up in the shallow left. Michael going back. Chopin coming in. It's Chopin under it. And he makes the catch. Chopin had to make a last-second move to his left and in a step to pull that ball in. One out. And here's the second baseman, Zoyo Versailles. He is one for two. right-hand batter. Bonson winds, kicks and fires. Fastball hit on the ground is short. Up with it, Gene Michael makes his throw to Pepitone in plenty of time and there are two away. And now Luke Klimchak, who had a home run in the fifth inning. Klimchak, left-hand hitter, homered deep into the Yankee bullpen. It appeared from our vantage point that the ball was caught, but by Al Downing, who was sitting on the bullpen bench. It was Klimchak's second home run of the year. Fastball is low to Klimchak. It's this one high in the air, a shallow right center. Mercer and Woods both moving for it. It's Woods from center under it, and Woods makes the catch. So it's a quick three-up, three-down inning. Nothing across for the Cleveland Indians, and at the end of six and a half, the score, New York 2 and Cleveland 2. Listen, and you'll hear opportunity knocking loud and clear. Money you deposit by July 10th in a regular savings account at Schenectady Savings Bank earns dividends from July 1st. The latest dividend is 5% a year, compounded quarterly. And you only need a balance of $5 or more to earn such a high interest rate. Remember, too, your money in Schenectady Savings Bank is always safe and immediately available. No need to give a 90-day notice to make a withdrawal. In fact, you can make deposits or withdrawals at both convenient offices of Schenectady Savings Bank, the one and only in Schenectady. So take advantage of a great opportunity by July 10th. Just open or add to your account now at either office of Schenectady Savings Bank, the main office where Clinton crosses state. 
The Bellevue Rotterdam office is located at 2525 Broadway. Member, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. Well, the fans here at Yankee Stadium enjoying their seventh inning stretch. And as we go to the bottom half of the seventh, it will be Gene Michael to lead it off. walked in the second, opened up the fifth inning with a triple to left field, and later in the inning came in to score the Yankees' second run of the game. It's a two-to-two ball game. Steve Hargan takes his time. Now climbs on the rubber. Here's the pitch to Michael. Low it inside, ball one. Bargain takes his time. Now fires it in. Michael fouls it back into the upper deck. night of next week, the Yankees will be playing an exhibition game against the Syracuse Chiefs in Syracuse. Game will start at 7 o'clock. 1-1 pitch to Michael. High. Even though they had a disastrous fire at MacArthur Stadium in Syracuse, they have plenty of seats available for the ball game, and it will be played on Thursday night. Starting at 7 o'clock, 2-1 pitch. Inside the Michael Ball 3. General manager of the Syracuse Chiefs, good friend Don LaBruzzo, wanted me to remind all of our friends up in Syracuse that there are no increase in regular prices for the exhibition game of the Yankees. Michael walks. Pitches outside to him. That is the fifth walk given up by Hargan. It brings on Bobby Cox. Chiefs, incidentally, plan a doubleheader against Louisville tomorrow afternoon. Yankees been looking forward to that trip to Syracuse on Thursday night. Seven o'clock ball game. Throw to first base. Michael is back. No tag by Horton. <laughs> Eddie Layton sounds the charge. Cox awaits the pitch. Hagen throws to first. Michael is back. Look over there at first base and see uh, Tony Horton and Gene Michael. Brings back memories of the big scrap they had at first base last year in a similar situation. Michael, the base runner, throwing over there and tags applied by Horton. A fist started flying. Cox pops one up in a shallow center.
Bat an owl runs out from under his cap, waiting under it now, and he makes the catch. Boxing promoter up in Cleveland has tried to promote a match in the ring between Gene Michael and Tony Horton. Jake Gibbs, he drove in the Yankees' second run with a fly ball to right field. Bill Kane, our statistician, tells me that Gene Michael has reached base in nine of his last 13 trips to the plate. Soft throw over there by Hargan, no play. Gibbs swings and misses. Strike one. Looked like a high slider. Just about eye high, and Gibbs had a big rip at it. Michael at first, one out. Score tied two to two. One pitch. Outside. One ball, one strike. Bargain working very deliberately with Michael on base. Throws to first, and again, Michael is back. Palms down, safe sign given us by umpire Don Denkinger. One-one pitch coming to Gibbs. Here it is. Get on the ground a second. Versailles flips it to Brown for one, back to first for a double play. Now the Cleveland Indians have turned over their second double play of the ball game. The Yankees go out with no runs, no hits, no errors, nobody left. And at the end of seven, the score is New York 2 and Cleveland 2. Variety is the spice of life. So why not spice up your everyday meals with a change? Start with your dishes. Almost everyone can use a new set of fine china. And now your participating Atlantic theater makes it easy for you and for a price you wouldn't believe possible. Right now, at all participating Atlantic stations, you can purchase a four-piece place setting of Royal Elegance Fine China for only 99 cents with each eight gallons of gasoline. This offer may vary in some states, but this beautiful fine china, imported from across the sea, will never vary in its translucent, delicate beauty. It'll perk up everyday meals and make special meals a little extra special. Each four-piece place setting consists of a dinner plate, bread and butter plate, and cup and saucer. Stop in today and take a good look at Royal Elegance. Then charge it on your Atlantic Richfield credit card and take it home. We go to the eighth inning, and with pitcher Steve Hagen due to lead off, Richie Scheinblum has come out swinging a bat. 
Kleinblow, the switch hitter, is batting 157. The Indians have been quite high on this youngster for a couple of years. Still waiting for him to develop. He'll bat left-handed against Bonson. Shine Bloom, born here in New York City. 26 years old. First pitch to him, he takes a strike. He looks at an outside pitch, and the count is one and one. In 1967 at Portland, Scheinblum hit 16 home runs and had 64 runs batted in. Ball two, and the count is two and one. Last year at Portland, he hit 304. Fouls this one back, and it is just over the press box and into the mezzanine. Two balls and two strikes. Warm, muggy night here at Yankee Stadium. General threat of uh, thunderstorms in the area for most of the day and earlier tonight. Just a heavy haze hanging over us. Two-two pitch to Shine Bloom. He fouls it back into the seats just beyond the third base dugout. And right now, let's pause for station identification. Hi, Terry Lester here. Kick those late afternoon blues. Keep happy from 3 to 7 p.m. weekdays on WGY Schenectady, Radio 81. Two strikes to Richie Scheinblum, batting for Steve Hargan. Bonson's next pitch. Curve is laced out into left field, down into the corner. It is a fair ball. And bounces into the seats for a two-bagger. Well, Richie Scheinblum is on as a pinch hitter for Hargan. Hit number seven for the Indians. Nobody out, and Jose Cardinal stepping in. Jerry Kenny at the mound talking to the pitcher, Stan Bonson, regarding a possible bunt for the left side. Cardinal is over three, popped up twice and grounded out to Kenny at third. We'll see now if Alvin Dark has Cardinal bunting, whether he'll try to hit the ball to the right side to move the runner up. Well, whether he'll hit away. The set by Bonson and the pitch. It's low. A fastball, ball one, and no indication of anything given by Cardinal. The next pitch to him. He bluffed a bunt, took a strike. 
Connor now perhaps a little upset with himself as he tipped off the bunt that time and did not offer for the pitch. The count is one and one. Bonson deals again. He swings and fouls it back. Took a full cut that time and the count is one ball and two strikes. Indians too. The Yankees have three hits. The Indians have seven. Bonson starts his move. Deals the plate. Curveball is not foul down the first baseline. Count holds one and two on Cardinal. Larry Brown, who has gone two for three, is on deck. Duke Sims, who is also two for three, is in the hole. Shine Bloom at second. The pitch hit on the ground to the first base side. Pepitone makes the play unassisted. Cardinal is out and Shineblow moves to third. So the Indians have the tie-breaking run at third with one out, and the batter is Larry Brown. The Yankees will probably play the infield in tight. We'll see. Jake Gibbs walking out halfway to the mound to talk to Bonson. Behind Larry Brown comes the left-hand hitting Duke Sims. Brown is four for ten in this series. He has been red hot against the Yankees this year. It's hard to believe he, when he told me he lost 50 points off his batting average during the month of June. The wind-up in the pitch to him. Gibbs calls for a pitch out, moved outside to take it. No action from Scheinblum at third. One ball and no strikes. Larry Brown hitting 299 going into the month of June. He's now hitting 249. Infield tight. The wind up in the pitch. High ball two. One out, two to two game, eighth inning. Full lined up by Bonson, two nothing pitch to Larry Brown. He takes low for ball three. There is action in the Yankee bullpen. We can see bullpen coach Jim Hegan warming somebody up. 3-0 pitch. Right down the middle. Brown takes it for a strike. 3-1.
I see Hamilton, Johnson, and Aker on the bench. Downing probably warming up. 3-1 pitch. Foul back and out of play. So the count is for 3-2 on Larry Brown. Pitcher tries to reach back for that little something extra. Bonson needs a strikeout here. Or a ground ball at one of the infielders to hold the runner at third. Bonson into the windup. And here comes the pitch. Fast ball hit on the ground is short. Michael. Holds the runner at third, throws to first, and that's all for Brown. Steinblum forced to hold on as that ball was sharply hit right at Gene Michael. And now with the left hand hitting Duke Sims coming up, Ralph Hawk strolls to the mound. There are two away. Sims has two hits of Bonson in three trips tonight. Sims is the right-hand hitter Tony Horton. Hawk has parting words with Bonson and Jake Gibbs and now starts back to the dugout. And we'll see what we will see. Will they pitch to Sims? They put him on and pitch to Horton. They're going to pitch to Horton. Sims will be walked. Sims will be intentionally walked, and they will take their chances with the right-hand hitter, Tony Horton. Ball one. Ball two. but he had touched his lips for ball three. So he throws ball four now, and Sims is intentionally walked. It brings up Tony Horton, the first baseman. Horton is over three, grounded out to third, struck out, and grounded out to second. With two outs, runners at the corners, the infield is back. Seeing foul off the third base side. Wolpen stays loose. No balls and a strike. Bonson deals again, and he's low outside with this one to even the count one and one. And the message board informs us that tomorrow will be Senior Citizens Day here at Yankee Stadium, a two o'clock ball game against the Cleveland Indians. 
Well, I'm glad I picked that up and can pass the word along to our senior citizens. Tomorrow is your day here at the stadium. 1-1 one, one pitch. Here it is. Curve is hit on the ground. Into left field base hit. John Bloom scores, and the Indians go ahead 3-2. is Horton's second run batted in in the ball game, and his 60th of the year, and Cleveland leads 3-2, base hit number eight for the Indians, there's a case of Bonson inducing Horton to hit the ball on the ground, but it bounced through between Michael and Kenny on the left side. Now Hawk Harrelson with runners at first and second. It's a ground ball to Michael. He has this one, flips it to Cox at second. They force Horton and the side is retired. But Cleveland has gone in front with one run on two hits. There were no errors and two men are left. At the end of seven and a half, the score is Cleveland three and New York two. It happens every day in tens of thousands of homes every morning. People get up, get into their cars and drive to work. Some of them stop and fill up with Atlantic Imperial gasoline, which isn't a bad idea, because sooner or later, somewhere on your way to work, you're going to run into heavy, sluggish traffic. You're going to get involved in today's typical stop-and-go traffic. And now that Atlantic stop is really going to pay off. Oh, sure, Atlantic Imperial is just great for open highway driving. It's blended to give you all the power you need for a smooth, clean ride. But when you run into traffic... Your engine wasn't designed to perform best at slow speeds. Lucky for you, Imperial was. It's made to combust cleanly and completely, even when you're inching along. You see, Atlantic Imperial pays off for you at any speed, from zero to 60. Atlantic Imperial is just your speed. Atlantic Imperial, a product of Atlantic Richfield Company. Left-hander Mike Paul comes on to pitch now for the Cleveland Indians. Cleveland leading 3-2. Steve Hargan would gain the win if the Indians maintained the lead. Hargan went eight innings, gave up two runs, three hits. He walked five, and he struck out five. A check, I said eight innings. He went seven innings. I beg your pardon. Max Alvis has also come into the ball game to play third base. Alvis will bat in the number eight spot vacated by Klimchuk. And Mike Paul, the new pitcher, will bat in the number nine spot for Cleveland. Mike Paul is making his 24th appearance. He has a record of one win and seven losses. has come out on deck to bat for the pitcher, Stan Bunsen. A ball with a record of one win and seven losses, no saves, and an earned run average of 3.81. Bill Robinson hitting 181. 
left-hander Paul's first pitch, fouled back to the seats on the first base side, strike one. has a record of one win and one loss against the Yankees, so his one victory this year has been against New York. He delivers. Robinson swings and misses on a fastball strike two. Ball picked up a 6-2 win in a ball game here at the stadium on May 1st. He started against the Yankees in the recent series at Cleveland and lost 6-3. Robinson pops it up. First base side of the infield. Tony Horton one hands it out of the sky. One down. Tom Chope did a bat, but Billy Cowan will come out and hit for him. Billy Cowan is hitting 178. You might recall that the last time Billy Cowan batted against Mike Paul, he had a two-run homer in Cleveland, which was the deciding blow in a ball game last Sunday afternoon. It was Cowan's homer that put the Yankees out in front to stay in the ball game, and he hit it off Mike Paul. Well, we'll see if lightning strikes twice. Cowan is the only Yankee pinch hitter with a home run this year. Pinch hitters are hitting 111 with one homer and 13 runs butted in. Cowan takes inside, ball one. Cowan is three for 16 in pinch hitting rolls. He bounces this one deep in the hole. It's short. Long throw for Brown. He's got him in a close play. A fine throw by Larry Brown from deep in the hole at shortstop. Give credit where it is due. Larry Brown made a good play on that one to throw out Con. Two down and Jerry Kenny steps in over two. Kenny takes the fastball inside at the knees, ball one. Mercer is on deck. Wind up at the 1-0 pitch. Blown outside, two balls and no strikes to Jerry Kenny. Kenny knocked in a run in the fourth inning with a sacrifice fly. Cleveland leads 3-2 here in the bottom of the eighth. Ball's pitch, low, ball three. Both Yankee runs have been driven in by sacrifice flies. Kenny in the fourth inning delivering Chope, who had tripled, and Gibbs in the fifth inning delivering Gene Michael, who had tripled. 3-0 pitch to Kenny. 
Forrest, oh, it is strike one, three and one. One pitch. Foul to the mezzanine level on the third base side. Full count three and two on Jerry Kenny. Mike Ball into the windup. Kicks and delivers. And Kenny fouls another one back, this one just in front of the press box. They all pitch again. Lower away and Kenny walks. Ball four. First walk given up by Paul and the sixth by Cleveland pitching. Bobby Mercer will step in now with Kenny at first and two down. Mercer is one for three. He had a double to right center in the fourth inning. Paul working off the stretch. Delivers outside with a breaking pitch. Ball one. Getting pretty good lead at first with Horton trying to hold him on. Mercer steps out. Time is called by Marty Springstead at the plate. Now we're ready for action again as Paul starts the motion, looks at Kenny, delivers to Mercer, fast and low, ball two. Infield and outfield shifted well around to the right side against Mercer. The second baseman, Versailles, plays him back at the edge of the grass, just about midway between first and second. Two-nothing pitch. He pops it up. Foul on the third base side. Alvis may have a play in front of the dugout. He is under it and makes the catch to retire the side. Well, the Yankees do not score in the eighth. No runs, no hits. There were no errors. A walk and a man left. And at the end of eight full innings, the score, Cleveland three and New York two. With all the hoopla about Saratoga Vichy, Saratoga ginger ale does tend to get upstaged, which is a pity, because in its own mellow, unassuming way, Saratoga ginger ale is quite as distinctive a product as its better-known sister, or brother, if you prefer. It's a richer, more flavorful ginger ale than all of its assembly line competitors. The reason is, I'm told, that the Saratoga people insist on only purest Jamaica ginger. In any case, you can see a subtle difference in the color, which is a proud, sunshiny gold, rather than an off-white or some murky amber. Why, in this era of play-safe, please-everybody products, do the Saratoga people make a ginger ale that's different? Well, 
When you're known for a product like Saratoga Vichy, it would hardly do to make a ginger ale like everybody else's. for bat day, the second bat day here on Sunday, July 20th against Washington, a free Little League approved bat for every youngster, boy and girl, 14 and under, accompanied by an adult. Bill Robinson has got into play left field and Steve Hamilton comes on to pitch for the Yankees as we go to the ninth inning. Cat Peterson comes out swinging a bat for the Cleveland Indians, and Peterson will bat for Russ Snyder. Stan Bonson went eight innings. Gave up three runs all earned on eight base hits. He walked one and struck out one. Cap Peterson is hitting 270. One home run and nine runs batted in. Steve Hamilton coming into his 24th ball game in relief with a record of two wins, two losses, and two saves and an earned run average of 3.11. Peterson, a right-hand batter, bats out of a closed stance. Peterson winds and deals, and he's got a strike with a fastball. The next pitch to Peterson, foul back, and will be into the crowd on the first base side. No balls and two strikes. takes his time. Now the wind-up and the 0-2 pitch. Lined over the head of Bobby Cox off the fingertips of his gloved hand and on into right field for a base hit. So Cap Peterson drills a 0-2 pitch on the line to right. Base hit number 9 for Cleveland. The batter will be Zoyo Versailles, the second baseman. Wants another baseball, and we'll get one. The size lines it out into left. Base hit, played on one hop by Bill Robinson. So back-to-back singles here, and the Indians have another threat going. Max Alvis. Hamilton pitched one inning in yesterday's second ball game. Gave up one hit, two walks, and had two strikeouts. 
He delivers to Max Alvis, low and inside. Alvis, a right-hand batter, up for his first time in this ball game, showing a batting average of 231. Alvis steps out, looks down to George Strickland, the third base coach. Peterson at second, Versailles at first. Ball two misses the outside corner. Two balls, no strikes. The pitcher, Mike Paul, is on deck. Next pitch, taken low and inside for ball three. and delivers strike call and it's three and one Hamilton fires again Alvis lines it deep to left field it may jump into the seats, and it does. On one bounce, a ground rule double, which will score only one run. Pat Peterson scores from second. On the ground rule double, Versailles is flagged down at third. And Max Alvis has himself a two-base hit and a run batted in. And now Cleveland leads 4-2. his 15th RBI. It brings up the pitcher Mike Paul with runners at second and third. The infield drawn in and still nobody out. Hamilton greeted rather roughly. Three consecutive hits. Singles by Peterson and Versailles and a ground rule double well hit by Max Alvis. Full wind up and the pitch to Paul. Swung on in this strike one. Paul is a left-hand batter. He's been up 11 times this year without a base hit. Bounces this one foul to the right side. No balls, two strikes. On deck, Jose Cardinal. takes the sign. The wind up and here's the pitch. Foul back and into the upper deck on the third base side. Pitch coming. Ball bounces another foul. This one to the right side. 
Thompson fires, low and away, ball and two strikes. Cleveland leading 4-2, and the 1-2 pitch to Mike Paul, foul back again, and right now in New York Yankee baseball, we pause for station identification. Hi, I'm Bill Edwardson. I'm the bird that wakes up the early birds. Join me weekday mornings from 6 to 10. It's a real eye-opener on WGY Radio 81 Schenectady. Pitch to Paul, hit on the ground to Bobby Cox. And now they have a runner hung up between second and third. Cox running right over to third base. He slaps the tag on both Peterson and Versailles. Rather, he slapped the tag on both uh, Albus and Versailles, and it is Albus who is out. He was breaking for third, but Versailles on third did not come home. So Albus is out. Cox unassisted. The second baseman racing across the diamond to make the play by himself. Mike Paul reaches on the fielder's choice. Batter will be Jose Cardinal with one away and runners at the corners. Cardinal, right-hand batter, the infield back at double play depth. The set, and here's the pitch. A bit high for ball one. conference with Steve Hamlin now comes back. Hamlin's one all pitch. Hopped up down the first baseline foul. Gibbs is after it. He's under it. And Gibbs makes the catch. So Cardinal fouls out and there are two away. It will bring up Larry Brown who is two for four in this game and four for 11 in the series. Brown, right-hand hitter, singled in the first inning, also singled in the sixth, and scored a run. The Indians leading 4-2. Versailles at third, and Mike Paul, the pitcher at first. Hamilton delivers. Low gets away from Gibbs, but he blocks it just to his left, and no chance for the runners to move up. by Hamilton, the pitch. Bounce foul down the right side. Knocked down by Johnny LaFon, the first base coach. Senators and the Red Sox are in the ninth inning. 
Boston leading 11-4. The pitch. Bounced foul to the third base side, and it skips up into the hands of one of the box seat patrons. Well, a little bonus down there for one of the fans. A box seat bonus, we call it. You pay a little more, but sometimes you get a little more. One-two pitch now to Larry Brown. Low and inside. Makes it two balls and two strikes. Final score, Boston, 11 runs, 11 hits. Washington, 4 runs, 6 hits. Winning pitcher is Sonny Siebert. The loser, Jim Schellenbach. Two-two pitch coming. Brown takes low, ball three and a full count. So Mike Paul will be running. Boston winning the nightcap gives them a split with Washington for the doubleheader. Senators took the first game 6-2. to two. Afternoon night, twin bill at Boston. 3-2 pitch coming. Paul goes. Brown fouls it back. Here the Indians have four runs on 11 hits. The Yankees two runs on three hits. The three Yankee hits, a pair of triples, and a double. Again, the 3-2 pitch to Larry Brown. He bunts it to the left side. Hamilton spins, throws him out at first base, and the side is retired. Larry Brown. Putting to the third base side of the mound, and he is thrown out by a step and a half by Steve Hamilton to retire the side. The Indians score one run on three hits. There were no errors and two men left. And at the end of eight and a half innings, the score is now Cleveland four and the New York Yankees two. The Pepsi White Star will shine bright for charity all summer. Pepsi Diet Pepsi Team and Mountain Dew Caps are worth one-third cent each at your local Pepsi-Cola bottler. Most groups take a summer hiatus, but now, with White Star, no meetings are necessary. Just redeem the caps and earn money for your favorite charity of nonprofit venture all summer. Just be sure your group is registered. Then the hotter it gets, the more Pepsi you drink and the more money you make for charity. Find out who your friends are. Ask them to save Pepsi caps for you, too. has got into play left field now for the Cleveland Indians as we go to the bottom half of the night. Joe Pepitone will lead off for the Yankees to be followed by Ron Woods and Gene Michael. So Hinton in left field after Snyder left the ball game for the pinch hitting efforts of Cap Peterson and that was a good move by Alvin Dark because Peterson led off the ninth inning with a single and later scored from second on Max Alvis' ground rule double.
is flat out to right field, and he's only official at bat tonight. In the fourth, he walked, and in the sixth, he walked. pitch to Pepitone. He drags the bus, charging the second baseman. The Sires cannot make the play, and Pepitone is on with a bus single. Beautiful drag bus to the right side, past the mound. The Sires charged it, tried a barehanded, could not pick it up. He would not have had a play anyway, and Pepitone leads it off with a single. First hit off ball, and they're fourth in the ball game. The batter will be Ron Woods. Woods is over three, struck out twice, and drives into a double play. They set was more than make up for the other three trips. He takes low ball one. Paul working for the stretch. Checks Pepitone. Kicks and deals. The Woods fouls it back and will come down on the upper deck. One ball and one strike. Outfield is spread out against Woods. Infield backed off on the left side, halfway on the right side, the second baseman Versailles. Woods pulls a curve into the upper deck foul on the left side. One ball and two strikes. side of this will be in the seats. Yankees trying to excite a date night and ladies night crowd here at the stadium with a comeback in the night. At Pepitone on. Ball's pitch to Ron Woods. Low. Locked by Duke Sims, the catcher. Two balls, two strikes. All ready to work again. 2-2 pitch. Woods fouls it back, and it sticks in the screen behind the plate.
set by Paul, the 2-2 pitch. Woods pops this one up on the shortstop side of the infield. Larry Brown backpedaling, waiting under it, one out. And now Gene Michael, who has walked twice and tripled. Michael will swing around now and bat right-handed against the southpaw, Mike Ball. to Michael. He takes it high for a ball. One on, one gone. Pepitone shortly to first. No need to take a chance there. The pitch. Swung out and missed by Michael. Ball of a strike. Takes a little breather for himself. Looks back toward the outfield. Now toes on. Ready to work. 1-1 pitch. Line foul into the seats. Down the third base side. on the plate as he digs some dirt out of his cleats. Now climbs up on top of the mound and looks down for his sign. One ball and two strikes to Michael. The set by the left-hander and here comes the pitch. It is low and the count is even two and two. The on-deck hitter is Bobby Cox. Pepitone at first one out in Cleveland leading four to two. pitch coming. Here it is. Fast and low ball. Three and a full count. The payoff pitch coming to Gene Michael. Throw to first base. Pepitone, just a step off the bag, moves back ahead of the throw. Three-two pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. A big strikeout for Mike Paul, his first in the ballgame. And now Bobby Cox is the last chance for the Yankees in this game, unless he keeps it alive. Cox is over two, grounded to third, walked and flied to center. The 
The stretch by Paul. And the pitch. Fastball is in for a call strike. Jake Gibbs is out on deck. One delivery. Low and inside for a ball and a strike to Bobby Cox. Cleveland ahead four to two in the game with Pepitone at first, now two outs. One one pitch. Popped up on the first base side. Horton may have a play over near the seats. He comes. Now he reaches back and he makes the catch. So the side is retired and the ball game is over. The Cleveland Indians have won it by a score of 4-2. to two. The Yankees in the ninth get no runs. One hit, there were no errors, and a man left. And the totals in the ball game for Cleveland, four runs, 11 hits, no errors. The Yankees, two runs, four hits, and no errors. The winning pitcher is Steve Hargan. He wins his second of the year against six losses. And the losing pitcher is Stan Bonson. His record is four wins and ten defeats. Seesaw game. Yankees scored first in the fourth inning. Cleveland tied it in the fifth. The Yankees went ahead two to one in the bottom half of the fifth. Cleveland tied it two to two in the sixth. The Indians went ahead three to two in the eighth and scored an insurance run in the ninth. Tony Horton batted in two of the four Cleveland runs. Luke Limchock and Max Alvis had the other two runs batted in. The Yankees limited to uh, four base hits, a triple by Tom Chauffey, a triple by Gene Michael, a double by Bobby Mercer, and a bunch single by Joe Pepitone. Jerry Kenny and Jake Gibbs batted in the two Yankee runs with sacrifice flies. The current homestand for the Yankees will wind up with a single game here at the stadium at 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon with Merrill Stottlemyre pitching for New York and uh, sudden Sam McDowell fireballing left-hander going for the Cleveland Indians. Once again, the final score, Cleveland 4 and New York 2. And now this is Frank Messer speaking for Phil Rizzuto and Jerry Corbin, for Bill Kane and Sandy Alper saying goodbye from Yankee Stadium in New York. baseball broadcast has been brought to you by Atlantic Richfield Company and your local Atlantic dealer. Drive in where you see the Red Bull sign, the sign of service. Fill up with Atlantic Imperial and keep on the go. And by Fields Real Draft, the beer that won the 1969 taste test. This is the home of Champions Network.